Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. The minutes count down, the nails are getting chewed. It's a tense, tense night. But we got Counterpoint, which of course is brought to you by Pizzaville. 416 or pizzaville.ca. Tonight's an awesome night to get a get a pie. Get a pie. Watch the game. We got John Mraz, former liberal room war room director. Hello? I know that's a hard bunch of syllables to put together. Just had a pie. Fine pie. Bill Hutchison, former broadcaster, longtime journalist, professor over at Seneca. Hello, hello. Um, News breaking tonight is that uh, the PC government has announced that it will be breaking for a good long break starting after tomorrow until October 28th. After the federal election, um, I can't. I mean, look, that's a long break, Bill. <laughs> I'm like, I can't really square this peg. That's a long break, but of course, they have to wait till after the election. Maybe the re- I'd well, like they don't to have, have a break to break like that. I'd like to have a vacation like that. Although, of course, they won't be vacationing the whole summer. They'll be out there campaigning for the federal conservatives. Ooh. Yeah, well, there's that. But it is a long time to be off, given that they did work, I think, through a lot of last summer. They did. They did. Uh, it, it, it is a long time off. Uh, perhaps the government wants to avoid stirring up any controversy uh, prior to the federal election. Just a s- speculation there. Yeah. Smart move, John. I call this Breaking Bad, and it's a long time. Maybe they're just trying to show the teachers what a really good long paid break is. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. But uh, 100%, I worked at the Pink Palace, otherwise known as Queen's Park, and it is a long break, and I will, in the defense of this government, say that for guys like that, it takes a long time to come up with good and new ideas. Well, they've done a lot, whether you like it or 50, not. They had 15 they've years to come up with new and good ideas, yeah. and I'm, I'm conservative, so... Here at the corner store. Good job, guys. Well, the, today they. Well, today, you know, as we saw, uh, and, and the public sector already freaking out about it. The public sector will get capped, so they won't be getting more than a percentage of a raise uh, for the next three years. That, to me, Bill, is not really um, a huge sacrifice. I no, mean, it's not. going to the beaches of Normandy, sacrifice. Only getting a one percent wage hike. There's an awful lot of people in the private sector that didn't get any wage increase for the Are last several years. Are you looking at me? Years. No, I'm looking, not looking at, at me. You. We're looking I'm at looking all at three you. of us. I'm, I'm in the public sector. I got oh, my you, increase. Oh. <laughs> of course you did, and your benefits, and 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 the defined benefit pen, uh, and your pension. pension. Yes, yeah. I, yeah. Okay. Uh, enough, anyway, I, I haven't you. been in the public sector for that long, but uh, what I would say so is, you're that, still is that that's what you're saying. I would say that that half of the budget uh, come, uh, is for wages and, and compensation for the public sector. If you're going to bring the deficit under control, if you're going to try and bring the spending under control, you got to start there. You have to start there. It's a seventy-one billion and, dollar. And the public sector w- grew by twenty-seven percent under the Liberals uh, in a ten-year period between two thousand three two thousand thirteen. Twenty-seven percent bigger uh, last year when they looked at the the job uh, increases. 04 percent increase in private sector jobs. A 6.9% increase in public sector jobs. The public sector is still growing. Mm-hmm. So unless you want a lot of layoffs, you're going to have to suck it up and, and just take a 1% uh, wage increase, which a lot of people in the private sector will be happy with. A 1% increase, John, still costs the taxpayers $730 million for the year. Uh, you know, I really am having a tough time even finding any room to move to argue with you guys here. I was trying to imagine the notion that somebody said to me, you, as a union member and a public service employee who works at Queen's Park and does a job that needs to be done, uh, have a guaranteed job sinecure because of union you know, regulations, and 
You will not lose your job guaranteed for the next five months. You don't have to do much because Doug's out coming up with new ideas while he's campaigning on the federal. And you even get a 1% raise. Meanwhile, the three of us are fighting, or the three of us, I'm sorry, no. <laughs> Millions of people in the private sector are like, got to shop to work tomorrow. No got a, guarantee. Got a one-week one break be great. no raise. Hey, 20% uh, cut this year because it's been tough on the economy, bad weather, etc. I'll take that just to feed my family. Well, th- well this is how I kind of look at it. I'm looking at going, y- y- they, have to, they have to have, they can't be that tone deaf that they don't understand that most people are really... You've covered I know. the public sector unions, right? I have, but at some point... <laughs> have to look down. at the re- the writing on the wall and say, okay, look, no, I get it. We'll pick our battles. And and everything is a battle. Everything. Everything's a battle. No yes. one's getting fired. I mean, they're not firing anybody, and they're still getting a raise. Oh, no, they're getting a raise while members of the NDP, who also happen to be members of this union, are going to go out and campaign for the NDP. Of course they will. They're all through campaigning. Through the summer. Of course they will. While they don't have to work. Right. Well, the, look, and the and the federal government, uh, the Trudeau government out there campaigning every single day on the taxpayer dime, getting everything covered for free by the media. They're all doing it. So, let, But what will we hear from yeah. for the next couple of weeks? The howls of protest. Well, certainly, which becomes then very problematic for Andrew Scheer. But again, I think most people in the private sector are going to look at this and say, really? You're upset because you're only getting a 1% raised this year, you still get the same holidays, you still get the guaranteed... But pay- you've got a quarter of the population that's in the public service. Yeah. And that that's a huge influence when it comes to an election. Sure, of course it is. That's a big, big voting block. But again, I just, I guess we've really lost touch with reality. Um, the uh, Trudeau government is uh, clearly going to be campaigning around the province. So anything the province cancels, they are now going to buy it back. And they've uh, promised to spend $15 million to save the tree planting program in Ontario. And this was the uh, cancellation by the government for $50 million, um, you know, trees, I guess, to be planted. But it comes out of this low-carbon economy fund. And here is Catherine McKenna. Unfortunately, this era of conservative politicians seem to think you can do less and last on climate change, they don't seem to understand the science behind climate change. I'm really hopeful that Premier Ford will step up, that he will support this program because it's good for the environment mm-hmm. and it's good for the economy. And that's what Ontarians want. I love trees. I think we have a lot of trees. I know we're known for our trees. Um, I think we could go for a couple of years reducing that. I'll give you an example. My sister lives in Hamilton where they have this tree program. And she got a call from the city saying, well, what kind of tree do you want? She's like, what are you talking about? Well, you get a tree for your property, whatever. They deliver like a couple of trees. She doesn't even need, A, she can afford the tree. B, she doesn't need the tree and they dropped off two. It, it, to me, there's a lot of waste in this program. This program was, was set out to, to plant 50 million trees by 2020. They have managed to plant 27 million. Now, that's not an abject failure, but... They're never. They were never going to get the extra twenty three million. Is that because they're busy by, watering the dead stumps? No. You know why it was? They couldn't find land uh, landowners that would actually take the trees. Yeah. They were giving these trees away, and they couldn't find landowners that that would do it. They had uh, eleven years to to plant fifty million trees, and they managed to plant twenty seven million. The private sector, the forestry industry, mm. over that over a ten year period, didn't plant twenty seven million. Didn't plant fifty million. They planted nine hundred million trees. So it's not like the government has to do this. To, to save the planet, it's once again 
perfect example of the inefficiency of government trying to do something and they bungle it. Well, or or it's this campaigning around Doug Ford. It's, oh, he's such a bad, bad man. We're going to make it all better and give you trees. And so this plays very big to the downtown Toronto base that they are so desperate to keep. First of all, Mr. McKenna did not sound as excited about this sort of thing as she used to. Maybe she misses the environmental group. Jerry Butts, who's had to leave the building. But I would say this, the more trees we plant, the better. I disagree with both of you. Uh, trees, clean the air. The ocean, I'm not disagreeing with that. No, no and one's we, disagreeing and with the that. private sector has planted 900 million trees. The government can't even manage to plant 50 million because of its incompetence. But Get out of the way. Let the private sector do it because they can't even find the landlords that yeah, will I'm take gonna, the free trees. I, I I'm, to, I'm not I saying don't plant trees. I planted planted like a dozen trees in, the ba- in my backyard and plus a, a cedar hedge. I planted and I paid for them all. I planted thousands in summers in my youth. It is the same. You've got a bigger that's backyard like than I do. 50 years ago, John. <laughs> You're talking like 50 and years I ago. look fabulous. In, in, in tomogamy or, you know, uh, we, all, we all did that. You were a junior forest ranger. 30, look, it's the same, <laughs> the same companies that plant private sector trees, plant public sector trees. Right. It'd be the same ratio. I'm all for this, I think. I rarely get to defend the federal government. That's the end of the sentence. It was done and only for votes. It was done for votes. Yeah, I can't. You can't even argue with it. Oh, no trees. Right. Let's no, I'm not saying trees. no trees. I'm just saying that it was a, a wildly inefficient program. Yeah, ex- well, I, exactly. If you can do the program, I think there are ways to do it better. But I also don't think the province should be handing out trees to those who can afford them. Can we just agree with that? No. Nope. I mean, I just think there's a lot of wasted nope. programs like this. All right, let's uh, pause there. We got Counterpoint, which is brought to you by Pizzaville, 417 or pizzaville.ca. Coming up, we'll, of course, talk about the Raptors and uh, words matter. And the word that matters right now, genocide. That coming up in just a minute here on Point on Global News Radio. Hey, no name calling here. Just differing opinions going head to head. With Counterpoint. Here's Alex Pearson on Global News Radio. This is part two of Counterpoint, which is brought to you by Pizzaville. 416736 or pizzaville.ca. They'll get you set up. We got John Raz and Bill Hutchison joining us today. And of course, uh, all eyes are on the Toronto Raptors for sure, without question. Even those who hate it can't help but watch with one kind of. You know, finger wide open and uh, take a peek through. But I was surpri- I was surprised and not surprised by the headline that it's now the most valuable sports franchise in Canada, and not just because they're in the finals, but because they've you know been able to build you know lucrative uh, you know TV deals. Uh, they've got these five division titles in six seasons, and, and they're now more valuable than the Leafs, than the Jays, and I happen to think. Um, Bill, that they have changed, I think, sports in Canada. They diversified sports. I don't think hockey is now the only sport in Canada. Um, The demographics, certainly for basketball, are are younger, and uh, television stations love that, and and that has changed. Uh, Because I went back to my old high school a couple years ago to do a career day, and they and I remember talking to some of the the teachers that were there, and they said, "Used to be when like when I was there." Everybody talked about what the Leafs did the night before, hockey, hockey, and hockey, now hockey, hockey, it's what the Raptors yeah. did. Yeah. That having been said, the Raptors' audiences, TV audiences, are not as huge as you would think. Now, the, the, in, in, Canada, the playoffs, yes, abs- in the playoffs, the absolutely. But no, I mean, in Canada, uh, an average Raptors game will pull in about 500,000. They Surprising. got 10 million viewers on Don Sunday. Um, yeah, NBA playoffs yeah. Are, are a total, totally yeah. different uh, uh, situation. But the average NBA uh, game in, in Canada will get about 500,000 viewers. 
the CFL will pull in four or five hundred thousand for the weaker teams and seven hundred thousand no. for the Saskatchewan. Do you not think that this final will change that? I think I think that if Kawhi Leonard sticks around, it will definitely change it. Uh, I think that if they win this championship, certainly there'll be a, a, a huge surge of, of interest in, in the yeah. Raptors and a lot more people paying attention to it. Will it sustain? If the Leafs made it to the the Stanley Cup Finals and the Raptors were in the Finals, won't. it will be well. I'm, I'm you know, I'm just if, saying, they if, won't. Yeah, if but they, they won't. ever made it to the fi- Stanley Cup Finals <laughs> and the Raptors were in the NBA Finals, which do you think would would draw yeah. more people? I'd... Yeah, I find it interesting because now all of a sudden my little guy who's never watched sports in his life, uh, you know, he's all into the Raptors. All the kid, little kids are in the Raptors. You've got what nine year old? Is 11. he into the eleven? So look, yep. they've diversified the sports. They brought a lot of younger, newer, but it's a more accessible sport. It's cheaper. You can play it anywhere. You don't need a lot of equipment. My son loves it, and uh, it's going to cost me some money for some tickets later this week. Yeah. If things, <laughs> oh, if things go oh, right. really? But yeah, absolutely. But here, here's if you because, can score because another I grew up in the, you in the tickets <laughs> of the hockey game. Well, you know, from your connections, Bill. Mm. From a and, friend of a uh, friend. My guy has a guy. My guy has a guy. <laughs> you know, from Uber Eats. Anyway, so uh, uh, this is what I would say. I would say if this actually puts pressure, I hope they're listening, some of them, on the ownership and the management, directorship, and the players of the Toronto Maple Leafs, and this creates competition to bring Price the good old hockey game. game back to Toronto. Yeah. They they don't have to do anything to, for the hockey game. For the, no, the fans are there for the hockey well, game, they are, and it's the same corporation that owns both. It is, but 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 so. going to a Raptors game is a lot cheaper and a lot more fun, yeah, frankly, than yeah. going to a Leaf game where you got a bunch of I, stiff suits kind of standing around in a box and anyone watch it. Look, I'm I all think, in watching yeah. the Raptors right yeah. now, but I also in in '93 when the Jays won the World Series, everybody said, "Whoa, baseball! Yeah, it's great, it's fabulous!" And then the Jays tailed off, and suddenly yeah. the the crowds disappeared. If the Raptors can sustain this and, and keep a good core together and keep a good team together, yes, they will They will have a lot of fans and they will convert a lot of people. All right. Let's talk a little bit about words because they do, in fact, matter. And the use of the word genocide to describe the findings in the National Inquiry into Missing and Murdered Indigenous Women and Girls uh, is causing some problems. The Prime Minister wouldn't say them on Monday, but he sure did say them on Tuesday to an audience of women. And while it may have played well to the base what he did is basically say that he's running a genocidal government and he is willing um, to go after past governments for genocide, which he has now accepted and declared happened. And, and we are now in the international media, John, and we've got people saying, all right, let's start the investigation. I mean, it, it's ridiculous. It's reckless. It is a horror that thousands of Native women, of Aboriginal women across this country over the last few decades were disappeared or murdered and that the establishments, both Mm -hmm. Aboriginal, federal and provincial, judicial, ignored it. There was prejudice. There was disinterest. It is a horror that should be investigated. But genocide is a big word. The elimination of Aboriginal peoples by the arrival of Western Europeans in North America can easily be defined as a genocide if you look at the numbers as can other acts like the Holodomir or what happened in Cambodia, etc. By using the word genocide Mm. for this opens the door to, uh, for instance, I have many friends who are gay activists and I've worked around them, etc. Hundreds or even thousands of gay men and women disappeared over the last four decades in Canada and... It wasn't a genocide. It's well, maybe hateful, it is now. We'll just you know, throw the word around. Anyway, I mean, the world is now watching. We are, I mean, you say, 
Mr. Trudeau, you say, this is Canada, this is where the world wants to be, I'm running a genocidal government. Bit of a problem. But he has an obligation, if this is in fact what he is saying happened, to now investigate it and persecute or prosecute those being, whether it's Mulroney or Cretchen or, or Martin. himself. But, the, the, well, you know, the, the, the three-year investigation, the $92 million, they never bothered to investigate where the violence was happening. And yet we know from RCMP numbers, which they dispute, that 70% of women are killed at the hands or hurt at the hands of their own partner in domestic situations. And yet they didn't even bother to look into that, into this report, and then declared it genocide. No, and they're using a very narrow definition, a a different interpretation of of the term genocide. Most people understand genocide as as something like the Holocaust or what happened in Rwanda or or Cambodia, as John mentioned. Um, What they're talking about... under international agreement, there is a law that's written for genocide, and part of it is the um, the eradication of a culture, the effort to to wipe out a culture, and and the residential schools. Certainly, you could argue that that was an effort to sure. to wipe out the the, the indigenous culture. But for genocide, culture. you have to prove that a government systematically and purposely went after. Eight. As I said, it's yeah. a very narrow interpretation. It was a very provocative word. They did it deliberately to get the the attention. But for the prime minister to now say yes, it was genocide. That caused that opens up a whole Pandora's box uh, that that. It's I an interesting way to go into an election. I mean, with a bunch of international lawyers now Wait, starting these panels. In, uh, his plan to, to be on the Security Council at the UN, that's out the window. Look at the two guys over in uh, Michael Spavor and Michael Kovrig over in China. How do we take the high ground and say, uh, you know, we we respect human rights? So, yeah, except for the genocide, except for, you know. Yeah, no, but he does this, John. He throws around words, and I i mean, I get that he thinks it's going to play to a base, but it doesn't. It's a 24-7 media, social media world these days. He's always announced and, and promoted himself as a great defender of Aboriginal rights and uh, the Except rectification Except he won't defend his country. Right. Uh, but it, I will say it will be difficult to put the Bannock bat- back in this tomb to put the, you know, this is a big word. And there will be, and there are, because I've heard, or they've already called me today, there will be members of cultures and religions around the world that say, how dare you, how dare you. And the problem with this conversation, to throw him out of it, because I, I don't like giving him oxygen, is when you use this big a word for this, what you're doing is you are actually pitting people against each sure, other. Sure, absolutely. And he vacillated. He, yeah. you know, somebody gave him the advice, or he came to the conclusion oh, on I his bet own. You did it all over Fate forbid. Yeah. Uh, oh, Jerry, come back to Ottawa. <laughs> anyway, that this, you know, this was a genocide. It's not a light word. Can't tell jokes about it. And I hope he thinks it through. It's too late now. Oh, well, I didn't mean it like genocide. It was just a ge- like, honestly. They just experienced it differently. Yeah, or maybe he said gender. Like, I don't yeah, know what he thought. I, um, all right, guys, I've got to leave it there. If you drive really fast, you can uh, get home in time. But I thank you both very much for sacrificing right before the game. Bill Hutchison, John Raz, my appreciation. Thank you. And this has been brought to you by Pizzaville. 416-736-3636 or pizzaville.ca on Global News Radio. You're listening to On Point with Alex Pearson on Global News Radio.